everyone hello and welcome to vagina slims my name is lauren rose and i'm the one who runs this thing um (laughs) i just want to say hi and i'm super excited because this is the first ever like girl power themed podcast that i'm gonna have um i'm gonna play some riot girl music starting from the roots up to some local music that i've listened to recently um I also am going to do like a girl pop podcast in the future and like soul podcasts, which I think will be really fun. But um, yeah. Also, thank you to everyone who gave Lucy and I love. Lucy was my first guest that I ever had on the podcast. And it was a long time coming if you (laughs) didn't listen to it because we tried to, you know, we tried to make it happen for so long. But it happened and it was great. But um yeah, I just was kind of like in a funk and I didn't really want to record anything because, I don't know, there's just been so much going on, especially like the Runaways news because y'all know that I'm like a cult fan of the Runaways and I don't know, I could get into that later, but I think right now I just need to start off with something good, something that's going to pump me up. So, I am going to play a song by The Slits. And this is called Typical Girls. Enjoy.
and welcome back. That was the slits with typical girls. Um, that was kind of an interesting song because it was kind of at the roots of the the right girl movement. I think that song was released in like 1979 or something. Um, but yeah, the slits were an awesome group coming out of the UK. And if you've ever seen the film Jubilee by Dark Charmin, the whole band makes an appearance in the film. Um, it was like this movie from the 80s. I think the song was released in 79 or something. Um, but it stars a bunch of punkers. And in the movie, the whole band like trashes this car just out of pure like anarchy. Um, but yeah, that, that was like an interesting song because I feel like it was one of the, the roots of Riot Girl. You know, it was just at the cusp of like the 80s. And it was talking about the hypocrisy of like what being a woman is or should be and um and i just really like the bass in that one too <laughs> but yeah it was a good song so before i answer um some of your questions i just i had to talk about the runaways because as i've said before you know it's just been getting me down but i also think it's important to talk about um basically me and dana who is a co-creator of Girl Germs. For those who don't know, Girl Germs is like a biannual concert um, in Minneapolis that is basically like a a tribute to women in rock and roll or other kinds of music. So what they do is they take local bands and they let them cover people or bands like Hole or (laughs) B-52s, Kitten Forever, which is a punk band. I'm going to be playing a song next by them. Um, they actually covered Beyonce in the, in the winter, so that's pretty nuts. But um, we were sitting down and we were talking about this Runaways thing because, you know, if you're a fan of the Runaways, like, you're a cult fan. And when I say, like, cult, I mean you kind of believe that everything happened for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, when you're a huge fan of everything, it's like every little step that happened, especially if it's, like, way in the past in some different era... Like, it had to happen in order for something great to be out there. You know what I mean? And it's hard because when you think of the Runaways, you also think of Kim Fowley, who is their manager, but also their creator. We all know that Kim Fowley basically scouted all these cute teenage girls to play instruments, you know? Didn't matter if they could sing or anything. But... I don't know, for some reason, it feels like they transcended that, you know? Like, they all had something special within them that made the band so great, and it transcended, like, the grip of Kim Valley, so it seemed. And even though they were kind of pawns in their own game, despite what they kind of thought at the time, it still seemed, like, really genuine, you know? Like, what they were saying, they really did feel. And when you think of Kim Valley, it's like you know, he is a part of it, like, he started it, and yeah, he's crazy and eccentric, I guess you could say, but nobody ever really, like, talks about the sexual stuff, and it's so, so evident, if you even just, like, listen from first-hand accounts, or read books, or even, like, read quotes by him, like, he explicitly has been sexually inappropriate with a bunch of women, he was, like, a womanizer, and probably a misogynist, you know, and to think that as fans, you know, one of the biggest issues with us is that we kind of cast that aside because 
it created something great. But it's like when Jackie came forward, and by the way, Jackie is the bass player of the Runaways. Um, when she had come forward saying that she was raped by Kim Fowley, especially in front of bystanders, including some of the members of the band, it's like, what the fuck, you know? <sighs> they were so young. They were like 15 or 16 when this all happened. And I think one of the interesting things that Jackie was talking about in all of her interviews and everything is like the bystander effect. Like when abuse happens to someone, especially if you're in a party scene or if you're like very, you know, insecure about your place and everything, like people don't question it because they don't want to upset any, any status quo, you know? And it just like made me feel really sick about that all because I have done a bunch of work with sexual assault um, in Minneapolis these past few years. I've ran with the help of many other young people, especially young girls who go to the university here. Um, we ran Take Back the Night, which is an annual event where you can kind of come and rally. And there's like an open mic thing for people who have survived sexual abuse. And it's just like a healing event you know I think this year well Ken Forever played this year which is awesome and um Sophia Aris and Manchita from Girl Party played but we had like over 300 girls and guys and most of them were even in high school and they came and they marched through downtown and I don't know it's it's shitty though there's like only one night out of the year that you could like talk about the kind of stuff and me and Dana were like, well, why didn't she say anything before? You know, like, is it just because Kim Fowley was, like, dead now? Because, like, Kim Fowley, I'm sure, could, like, spit fire from his deathbed, you know? So I just think it's something, like, that should be on people's minds. Like, when you're a fan of something, to not make excuses for bands. Like, I have a problem now with a lot of bands because I don't fuck with, like, their morals or the way they act. Like, I don't fuck with Mac DeMarco. Um, at least his bandmates, I don't fuck with them. And I don't know. I could talk about that. I think I said I'd talk about that at some point, but there's just too much negativity right now. So I don't know. Be there for your girls. Always be there. And believe people when they speak out. Because, you know, I had some messages being like, oh, like, she's just screaming rape you know, or, you know, the classic, like, there are two sides to every story, blah, 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 and I know it's scary to be accused of sexual assault, but, like, you know it's worse, like, actually being assaulted, so if you have to go through, like, a month or two of your life being accused by random people that you did something shitty, like, imagine actually being raped and having to live with that for the rest of your life, you know, like, I don't know. It's just a touchy subject with me, and I thought I had to talk about it because I should. And I love the runaways, and I will continue to love them, but it's, like, a huge lesson that we all have to, like, learn and think about when it comes to, you know, looking out for our girls. So, yes. So, with that being said, um, I'm going to play Deathbed by a local band here called Kitten Forever. They are so nice, and like I said, they played for us for Take Back the Night, and 
I just love this song in particular because I feel like it describes every emotion that you feel if you've ever been assaulted or if you just like want to get someone out of your life like they're just super bad and toxic for you um so yeah here's deathbed by kitten forever i won't write this song anymore not another stupid metaphor sugar in my blood is red from my hands into my head i won't write this song anymore not another stupid metaphor sugar in my blood is red from my hands into my head i don't want to see you again i don't want to touch those hands i don't want to see you again i don't want to touch those hands back everyone that was deathbed by kitten forever such 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 an amazing song i yeah i just love that um right now they're actually doing an east coast tour with babes in toyland which is not the great band um so i encourage everyone to go check them out they are awesome very nice they also did i think it was like a noisy um like a mini doc so I'll leave that down below in the description if you want to see them in action. Um, but yeah. Okay, let's get into questions, shall we? I, I got this question a lot. I'm just going to paraphrase it because a lot of them are by anonymous users anyways. But So people want me to talk about the Riot Girl movement and um, the criticisms of the movement because there were a lot of criticisms that are valid and apply to our generation of feminists today too obviously the biggest one is lack of intersectionality which somebody asked me about um and yeah a lot of people didn't stand up to that like courtney love like no (laughs) 
There's a really great article, which I'm going to leave down below. You might have to make an account to read it. But, um, damn, I need to find that link. But basically, in the article, it talked about a lot of um, issues that POC were having with the movement. Like, for example, when Kathleen Hanna would write slut across her stomach and then just have her bra on stage and reclaiming sexual agency and... You know, that's all great for the white woman who's kind of been told to be prudes for their whole lives. But when it comes to, like, black women, for example, like, their bodies are already, you know, being fetishized. Same with Asian women and so many others. And it's like, like, it's not like they can do that, you know, because that's already on them. And there was other things that they mentioned in the article because Kathleen Hanna used to be, she's from Bikini Kill for anyone who's like new to this, um, but she did sex work. I think she did stripping, um, and a lot of punk women at the time kind of went into that realm of work, and they were kind of like quote unquote slumming it, I guess, which is like shitty because especially when they have like this privilege enough as it is to not be in that line of work, and so many other women who don't have that privilege are being almost forced to do it or, you know, that's like kind of their territory. That was another issue that people were having. There's another really good quote that I want to link to, but another huge thing was like the whole white boy mentality. Um, A lot of white girls being like, yeah, screw them, but also perpetuating the same impressions that they did, just in different ways. So, yeah, I think that was a huge, huge, huge issue with Riot Girl, and I'm going to try to link down any articles that articulate it better, because obviously, you know, I'm a white girl here, um, and if anyone wants to share with me some, like, cool POC people, either now or before doing some great work that I haven't listened to, you should definitely hit me up, but, um, it was that, and then also, I feel like capitalism, like, always just kind of fucked it up. Because as soon as the movement came out, came out, like, everything became commodified. Like, even today, I kind of noticed that. Like, there's an interesting, like, DIY aspect to the Riot Girl movement, you know? Like, people from the outside were saying, you know, they're just teenage girls, like, writing in their diaries and sending stuff off. Like, that was actually something that I really thought was awesome, was, like, the sharing within the movement, you know, sharing tapes with people and sharing letters, making zines, and I'm all for that. Um, But in the article that I read, it was interesting because, like, that totally is an aesthetic choice, you know? Like, not everybody is just making, like, a la-di-da, you know, diary entry and sending it off. Like, these girls meant what they said in these articles, and, like, the coverage around it was really belittling it by, like, saying that it was, like, a diary journal or something like that and also you know not everyone like has time to write in a diary that might be working or it's like this weird faux like luxury of feminism that kind of gets um I don't know like washed over some of the the issues so so yeah I mean there are a lot of other things that were wrong with the movement you know you had people leading it like Kathleen Hanna and that seems like I mean, I like Kathleen Hanna a lot, and I really like the punk singer, too, the documentary about it. But um, 
it's kind of like with every movement, like the Black Panthers, for example. You know, the Black Panthers, they were so great at so many things that people just don't think about. You know, they set up like a free lunch program for kids. Also, they did child caring for each other. Like they really organized super well. But the issue with them was that like they had a handful of people who they thrust into the limelight, almost like propaganda. And these faces became the faces of their cause. And people like Huey Newton, who it was questionable, like his sanity during this whole thing. And also he was like an abuser himself. Um, towards his girlfriend and towards his friends even and it's like when you put people to be the face of a whole like movement it's bound to go wrong and that's just not the way to do it so I'm really interested to see how this new like Black Lives Matter movement comes out because this is definitely like an argument they've made um, in terms of organizing to not do what the Black Panthers did but I don't know all this aside I think these movements are really important to learn from because as shitty as they were in the past, it just shows how much improvement needs to be made. And if you can actually go back and like research and find the ways in which they did not do well and try to change that, like, I don't know. Thank you for all those questions. I really liked it. And we won't stop the conversation there. So that being said, I did want to play White Boy by Bikini Kill because this is one of the first songs that I truly got into. Um, when I started researching into Riot Girl, because I thought this song was just amazing and I played on my iPod Nano when I <laughs> walked to class every morning. So yeah, here is White Boy by Bikini Co. I don't think it's a problem because most of the girls ask for it. How did they ask for it? The way they act, the way they... I, I can't say the way they dress because that's an own personal choice. But some dumb hoe, they butt rock bitches walking down the street.
Alright, that was White Boy by Bikini Kill. Very angsty, very great, great song. Um, the uglier the socks, the better on Tumblr said, Hi Lauren, I love the last episode with Lucy and what she said about being 17 and experiencing everything for the first time really stuck with me. So, I was wondering if you could talk about your favorite first times, or the ones that you consider to be the most important ones. That would really help me being a 17-year-old myself. Okay, um, thanks for the question. Um, damn, I don't know. Honestly, I don't, like, remember being 17, really. Um, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I really didn't really do anything that year, I feel. Actually, no, that's not true. 17 was, I remember some of that. Um, some first experiences I had, I, like, joined this cool girl group at the end of my time in high school, and they were, like, a little bit badass, and we would go out and party sometimes, and I thought that was, like, really cool, because my whole high school experience, I never did any of that, and I think it was just learning to let people take you under their wings and to, like, trust them was a really great thing for me. Um, also, there was this time, I think I was 15, I literally had no friends in this one math class, and I was kind of in a dumb math class, um, <laughs> which it wasn't dumb. It was just, I was like basically doing geometry when I was like a sophomore, which is like a year behind most people. But, um, cause I really, I don't fuck with math. Um, but yeah, my friend had to leave school for a little bit and she was my only friend in the class. And basically one day these kids who were like mean, like really mean, they started throwing like full-on like cans of soda up to these freshmen in front of me and like trying to hit them and my teacher was just so passive like she didn't she was scared of them herself and she didn't ever stand up to them and so one day I don't even know how they like came out of me but I like snapped at them and I just told them off and I'm like just told them to stop picking on these people and they were just like calling me a bitch and like I don't know, being like, who are you and all this stuff. And I just like, whatever. And I left class that day and I was like shaking. And I like hated that. Like, I never wanted to go back to that class. But and none of the girls in front of me thanked me for like standing up for them. But later on, like the teacher said, thank you and stuff. And I'm like, whatever, like do your job. But that was a big thing. It's just like to stand up for people, even when they don't thank you or even when like they're too scared to do it, because I think. Like, nobody wants to go through high school just being picked on. So it's like, I don't know. If you feel comfortable enough, you should stand up. So that was one experience. Um, also, when I was, like, 18 or 19, I had the first, my first, like, friend breakup, I guess. Like, I met a girl, and we really hit it off, I guess. And we were, like, best friends, and then some really shitty stuff went down, and I, like, cut it off. Like, I stopped seeing her and it sucked for a little bit but ultimately it was like the best thing ever for me and that's kind of like a big moment for me it was just like learning to cut things off immediately and to not like stick around and make sh and like wonder if they're gonna get better um and you know just to stand up for yourself so yeah oh i i love this playlist so much 
I really need to start listening. The problem with me is that I can't listen to music. I mean, I do listen to music a lot, like on my headphones, but in my apartment that I'm in, I always get like noise violations <laughs> whenever I play whole or something that's a little heavier. I can't wait to move out when I actually can play some Riot Girl music <laughs> and experience it the way it should be experienced. But this podcast is running a little bit long, so I thought I'd just answer one more question um, and then leave with something else. But okay, let's see. Um, the big eyed chinchilla or Lily from Tumblr said, it's kind of a long one. Hi, Lauren. Um, I've just been watching your videos because I find them really relaxing and comforting somehow. I remember in your video on life after weight loss, you talked about struggling with being seen as more attractive and therefore felt objectified, like your looks were the only thing that made you worthy. I've recently come to the point where I mostly like myself. I've accepted my body and I think I'm beautiful, and others have started to react to me in this way too. I get catcalled and harassed on the street lots a lot more need to reject more advances then i feel horribly guilty and like i'm being a bitch and my friends treat me a lot more sexually on top of that i've realized i'm probably bisexual and as a result of coming out feel even more hypersexualized i was dating a guy for the last few weeks and still got heavily flirted with in front of him and had to listen to jokes about threesomes and who i have got girl crushes on etc one of my band members constantly makes jokes about how I shouldn't gain weight or tries to control how I dress slash do my hair as I should, quote, sell records, unquote. All of this is making me terrified of dating, making me not want to wear the clothes I love and no suit me out of fear of becoming more sexualized and objectified. I cut my hair really short and I want to stop wearing makeup. I hate it because I want to be allowed to feel pretty and still be a human. I'm sorry this has been so long, but I need to vent and felt like you had a similar experience and was wondering how you coped with it. I'm 20, by the way, and have just finished my first year of university. Lots of love. Well, congrats on finishing your first year. <laughs> it's a tough year. Um, yeah. Oh, man, I feel this all the time. Um, for those that don't know, like in the past, I used to be pretty overweight um in my high school days and i lost weight when i came my my last year of high school and then into college and it was like a totally different ballpark because suddenly like people were finding me attractive and you know now that i live down kind of near downtown in the city there's a lot more catcalling and just even like growing up as a woman you kind of notice like older dudes staring at you all the time and I've just had times in the past where I just like cry because I know that like I don't have the worst of it but I also have to deal with it you know if that makes any sense like my friend like I have a car for example and my friend has to always be on the bus and there's always people trying to talk to her or harassing her and she just like is so used to it and I meanwhile get harassed on the street or whatever and it's like devastating to me as it should be you know because I should feel safe wherever I go and I should be able to wear a suede skirt if I want to wear a suede skirt and not get comments on it you know and especially in your situation you know I'm not bisexual but I imagine that's even 
you know, harder because people automatically assume that you, like you said, like, want threesomes and other stuff like that. And I don't know, you know, it's hard. I feel like the best way to get through it is to, like, keep your friends close, you know? Like, have these conversations with other people and talk about it. And if you don't want to wear makeup, if you want to cut your hair short, I think you said you did, but, like, you totally should, you know? That's, like, the punk movement right there. Like, people just saying, fuck you, in a very physical way, um, by kind of taking away what makes you objectified and owning it, you know? But it's hard, you know? It's definitely hard, and it's weird, like, even when I'm with my boyfriend, I get hit on by dudes. It's not even, like, a dominance thing over another guy, you know? Like, they're just doing it to, like, get a reaction out of you. And that's fucked up. And I wish more dudes stood up against that kind of stuff. But, like I said, you know, keep those feelings raw. You know, think about those whenever you're upset. Talk to your friends about it. And, I don't know. Just do you, you know? Do whatever makes you comfortable and try not to let people get in your way. Like, make it your mantra to just be yourself. So, I don't know. I'm there with you. <sighs> okay. The last song I'm going to play is actually by Hole, which I know it might be a little controversial because, you know, Courtney Love is an entity on her own. Um, but this past spring when I was organizing Take Back the Night, I really got into Hole because their original um, bassist, Kristen Pfaff. Wait, maybe I'm saying that wrong. Pfaff. She actually was, I don't know, I don't think she was from Minneapolis, but she played in a band here called Janitor Joe in the early 90s, I believe. And she died from a drug overdose, but she was kind of the inspiration for me to do to Take Back the Night because not only was she an awesome musician, but she also would volunteer a lot at the Aurora Center, which is our university's um, rape and crisis center. So this one goes out to Kristen, but this is a classic, I guess, for the, the Riot Girl movement as well. This is Asking For It by Hole. Enjoy. Enjoy. 